0: welcome into the dnvr buffs podcast my name is jake schwanitz i am your host and the beat writer of dnvr buffs as always we are presented by the american raptors head on over to AmericanRaptors.com and grab your free ticket for this upcoming season shout out american raptors guys it's here it's game week uh super excited i can't wait Friday night at Folsom Field it is going to be rocking I'm sure you guys are going to pack out the stadium and that TCU is going to be walking into one hell of an environment Uh, today's show we are going to start the preview process for the TCU game a lot of preview content is going to be coming out this week so we'll start off with some housekeeping there Because the game is on Friday, uh, there will not be a Friday podcast. I will record something after the game. It will be uploaded on Saturday, so that will be your third podcast. Of course, Wednesday's show will be going on as scheduled. Whether or not we have Hank or RK is to be confirmed. Those in the Discord will get that notification first. Everyone else will just have to stay tuned and see what pops up in the feed on Wednesday. Um, kind of bearing the lead. We have a guest today on our show, Parker Fleming, uh, at Stats of War on Twitter, works for BetUS, also covers TCU for the Purple Theory podcast. Parker and I got into a lot about this matchup with TCU in Colorado on this Friday. Uh, we got into some of the advanced stats, some EPA stuff. If you guys don't know what that is, I'd encourage you to look up EPA. That's expected points added. It's a metric that kind of helps Uh, give each play a certain value in terms of scoring. Um, Of course, as with all analytics, you got to take it with a little bit of grain and salt and match the film with the analytics. But Parker does some great work and produces some great tools to get us through the college football season. I know I used them to my advantage last year. Uh, I should mention also before we get to the interview, check out the site. We just had a practice notes uh, and quotes article with a lot from Coach Durrell on Saturday, from Saturday's practice, talked about J.T. Schrout, Brendan Lewis, talked about some of the transfers coming in who will be healthy. So go check out the site. That article will be up. There will also be a scouting report article for TCU where we kind of highlight some of their best players. Um, can't really get too much into the scheme just because it's a new coaching staff. Don't really know what to expect. But be sure there will be a full breakdown next week after the game. So let's get to it. Parker Fleming, at Stats of War on Twitter, host of the Purple Theory podcast, joins the show now. But first, a word from our sponsors, starting with Game Time. Game GameTime is the hottest new ticketing site that makes it easier than ever to score the best deals on tickets to sports, concerts, and shows. Ever dreamed of sitting in a seat you never thought you could? 50-yard line, court side, behind home plate, floor seats at a concert. It's possible with the GameTime app. The biggest last-minute price drops can be found on the seats you thought you could never buy. You won't find a better deal this season on Buffs or Broncos games, Nuggets, Avs. Throw that in there, too. It's created by the fans for the fans and guarantees the lowest price. If you love DMVR, then you'll love Game Time. The best way to support us is by buying your tickets through the link in the description. Join over 15 million people who have downloaded the GameTime app and score the best seats to all your events. Also, shout out to DraftKings Sportsbook. The wait is almost over. A new football season is about to begin. Get ready for the NFL Week 1 action with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. To celebrate the return of football, DraftKings is giving away new customers a can't-miss offer. Bet just $5 on any football game and get $200 instantly in free bets. Want more action for opening night? Everyone can experience the thrill of DraftKings' early win promotion. Get up seven and you win. You win. Bet on any NFL team of your choice, and if your team leads by seven points at any point during the game, you get paid instantly, even if your team loses. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code DMBR to get $200 in free bets instantly when you place a $5 bet on any football game. That's code DMBR only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older. Colorado only. Bonus issued as is free bets. One early win token issued at opt-in. Moneyline bets only. Deposit and wagering restrictions apply. Eligibility in terms at DraftKings.com football. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. I hope you all listened to me when I gave out the DraftKings pick of the week last week. I told you to take Max Verstappen. I think it was at minus 115 at the time. I was patient. I found out about the grid penalties. Got my guy at 155. Thank you, Max Verstappen. Awesome that F1 is back. For this week's pick of the week, why not go to the Colorado game? Uh, Colorado currently 13 point dogs to TCU 13 points just sounds pretty severe we'll get into it here with Parker in just a minute and you'll hear exactly what he thinks about that also shout out DraftKings without any further ado here is Parker Fleming joining me now on the DMVR Buffs podcast is Parker Fleming Parker please introduce yourself to the Buffs fans
1: yeah, um, I am a uh, an online dude. I'm uh, an analyst for the Bet US College Football Show that happens on YouTube when uh, Tuesday and Wednesdays at uh, uh, 11 Mountain Time, and I am the host of the Purple Theory Podcast, which covers TCU and the Big 12 from kind of an outsider's perspective.
0: Excellent. Well, obviously we know why you're here. We're going to get into the big game on Friday, the season opener. Uh, a lot going on on both sides. We'll start with TCU, though. It's been a pretty big topic in uh, Boulder, at least the quarterback controversy. But TCU also seems to have one of themselves. Seemingly three quarterbacks. Is that right? Are there three quarterbacks in play? There, there are, but
1: but really, there's only two, and and really, there's only one. Uh, mm-hmm. And so, um, Sonny Dykes came in as a new coach to a situation where there was kind of an embattled uh, uh, starter in Max Duggan, who you know, was going to redshirt his freshman year and TCU totally messed up their development pipeline. He comes in in 2019, gets beat up and battered around. 2020 has like a once in a century heart condition thing they have to do heart surgery on him and then he's playing a month later um, and, and dealing with that. And then 2021 was a starter and the offense was kind of rudderless. The offensive line was bad. So um, he, he's he been a, a longtime starter, really well respected in the, in the locker room. His development may not be exactly as, as good as it could have been. And his ceiling is not as high as it could have been. And, um, and so to contrast that is Chandler Morris, who is, Highland park guy was at Oklahoma transferred in actually a a lower recruit than Max Duggan, much younger. Um, And Duggan is a lot more of kind of your traditional college option quarterback, uh, a little bit more, Uh, run, run happy, um, maybe a little more erratic in the passing Chandler is going to be your kind of um, small scrappy scrambling guy, maybe has a little bit better downfield arm. And so um, it does appear that, that uh, Chandler Morris will be the starter. Eventually there is some kind of management. So Sam Jackson's the third quarterback, very fun. They'll probably have some special goal line packages for him. Um, dude has an absolute cannon. Go look at the Oklahoma State highlights from last year when TC was getting beat and he went in. He's like on the run throwing, you know, 30, 40 yard bombs. It was just great. And um, but yeah, so I so I expect Chandler Morris to be the kind of starter by the end of the season. Uh Sunny Dykes is just kind of managing. Obviously, he wants to have the depth. He he doesn't love any of the three quarterbacks. And so it's kind of um finding ways to get all of them involved to kind of maximize the potential of this offense.
0: Yeah, I went back and watched the uh Oklahoma and the Baylor game from last year. Um, just to get a taste of both Duggan and Morris. And man, I got to say, if I'm CU, I'd be more scared of Morris. Just from what I saw to the Baylor game, I mean, it was electric, man. He was making plays, extending, getting out of sacks. And then, of course, Quentin Johnson. Um, so let's go to Quentin Johnson here. This guy's an absolute stud. Uh, let's start off with this. Is he going to be the player that wins the game for TCU against CU on Friday? Um, I, I
1: I think he will end up being that if TCU's offense doesn't take a meaningful step forward. So last season, the Oklahoma game is a perfect example. You've got a quarterback who's limited because he's hurt on his foot a little bit. You don't really have any good secondary options on offense we at tcu joked about um tc last year not having a route tree but having a route stump because there just wasn't <laughs> a lot of variety in the development of passing plays um but obviously from that oklahoma game and all season you could see you can just throw the ball in Quentin Johnston's area code and the dude's gonna go get it so the hope and the vision for the um Sonny Dyke's offense at TCU in 2022 is that Quentin Johnson gets his targets, but also gets so much attention that the secondary weapons like your Darius Davis, your Tay Barber, and your Savion Williams are so much more involved. And so Quentin Johnson, obviously, I mean, one of the largest returning target shares in the nation, uh, one of four dudes who's returning who averaged a uh, 13 or more average depth of target and six or more yards after catch. So that's like dudes who got the ball downfield. It was Xavier Worthy, Jaden Reed at Michigan State, Zay Flowers at Boston College, and Quentin Johnston. So like absolute elite company. All those dudes are going to the NFL. Um, Really, really great. I think the bigger issue for for Colorado has two issues in my mind. One, can you just stop Quentin Johnston, right? Can you double him and stop him? But also, if you double Quentin Johnston, can you stop the secondary options, of which TCU has a lot? Uh, A name to look for, uh, Jorquevia Spivey, is kind of that big flex tight end dude. He'll line up kind of outside and and present some serious matchup problems with his versatility. They might roll Jared Wiley at tight end and Spivey out there and just kind of be big and, 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 again, create some matchup problems. So really a stress test for the Colorado defense between TCU having this absolute elite ceiling of Quentin Johnston, and having a pretty high floor with kind of
0: those secondary and tertiary options. I love that name, Jarquarius Spivey. It seems like TCU always has fun with the names on the outside. You got Rager, you had (laughs) Turpin. Um, That's awesome. We'll add him to the list. Let's go to the backfield though. This is a pretty dynamic backfield with Kendra Miller and Amari uh, Demarcado. Am I saying that right? Yeah, yeah.
1: Um, who's like in his sixth year of college? I think he has two graduate degrees now. He's kind of one of the COVID guys and has served a really good role at TCU. But um, is is uh, yeah? He's he's stout there. Uh, Kendra Miller, really great running back, kind of underrated as a recruit. Came in and as Zach Evans didn't really pan out for TCU. Whether that was you know he knew he was going to an SEC school or whatever whatever he was whatever was in the in the water last year. Uh, that made Zach Evans not pan out. Kendra Miller really stepped up, had a really great yards after catch ability, led the big 12 and yards after catch, Mm -hmm. or excuse me, care, uh, contact yards after contact. Um, Really versatile. Uh, Another guy came in Louisiana transfer Imani Bailey is just like an absolute dynamic receiver and a really good back. Um, I think TC will have some two back sets. I think Bailey will provide uh, a lot of, a lot of trouble and, you know, give Kendra Miller that um breath so that they can both stay fresh and then you've got a really experienced guy like De Mercado who's going to get in there and be able to take carries uh, and and spell both of those guys too. So really really deep wide uh, running back room. That's kind of been a constant at TCU the last couple of years you think about. It, they've always had two or three guys that can get a lot of rotation. It'll absolutely be running back by committee and um you know if if they get hot I mean you, you know you've seen like Texas Tech last year if TCU can run the ball, they're they're going to. And so, um, uh, th- that's definitely definitely some names you'll hear. If if TCU's offense is humming, Quentin Johnson and Kendra Miller are having good days.
0: So it sounds like a very veteran group at all skill positions. But eighty two percent of
1: returning production on offense, man. That's that's the most that's TCU's yeah. had since maybe two thousand seventeen, which was Kenny Hill's second year when they were you know
0: uh, arguably should have been in the New Year Six, but but all oh, that's. History. <laughs> that's a huge amount of production returning. I mean, that's quite rare for college football. What is this offense going to look like, though, with all these guys coming back? Is it going to be pretty similar to what we saw last year? You know, they seem pretty varied in formations. There was a lot of shotgun. There was some pistol stuff, as you mentioned. Duggan kind of threw short, but they seem to really lean on the running backs. How is that going to look this year for TCU?
1: Um. Yeah. So TCU last season. Uh, I, I I do this. I use the stat rush rate over expected because you know, if it's, if it's second and one, right, teams are going to rush a lot. And so Mm -hmm. that doesn't really help me capture their style. So I take down distance yard line and a little bit of game state into context, just say, how much more do you run than the average team in any given situation? TCU was 106. That means that they were passing 106 least um, in in rush rate over expected. So a really, um, yeah, just, just very, very much wanted to run. Didn't have a lot of faith in the quarterbacks. Couldn't really imagine anything other than a screen or a go. Um, for for that offense. So this year, I expect that to be a very um, different. Uh, Sonny Dykes obviously knows uh, Air Raid really, really well. Lincoln Riley's mm-hmm. younger brother, Garrett Riley, is the offensive coordinator. I think you'll see a lot of crossing routes, a little bit more over the middle of the field under uh, Gary Patterson, especially kind of towards the end of his tenure. TCU is really reluctant to press the middle of the field for fear of t- turnovers. I do not think that'll be the case. I think that. Um, We'll see a lot more rollouts of the quarterback quarterback on the move, kind of hitting that second and third option in the, in the progression. Um, And the runs will be more constrained to inside zone. You know, if you have a light
0: box, we'll, we'll run against you. Let's flip to the other side of the ball. Obviously Gary Patterson's out. So Joe Gillespie comes in, he's the defensive coordinator. From what I've heard, it seems like they're sticking with the three, three, five. Should we expect some pretty similar defensive play? I know you guys lost a lot in terms of transfers too, um, so what about the defense? What can we expect out of this unit?
1: Yeah. So so to clarify, um Gary Patterson's formation, base formation was a four-two-five. And they okay. ran kind of that nickel, that, that, that linebacker um, who was that uh G- Gary Patterson always drew it as the dollar sign. So I have the dollar in my in my head, mm-hmm. but whatever you want to call that guy, a nickel or whatever. Um and th- they're running a three-three-five now, so really won't change the okay. defensive secondary, but kind of transitions, um, which which alleviates the blow from losing Kari Coleman and uh, Oshawn Mathis. They're two they're two kind of dominant ends there. Um, Joe Gillespie's defense is is a little bit different than Gary Patterson's. Gary Patterson, you know, is calling out every play and giving players assignments right before the snap. Very high pressure, um, uh, very cerebral. And Gillespie's going to be a little more principles based, a little more act react. And, uh, and that might help some of the, uh, alleviate some of those issues of turnover, um, and, and, and give them a little bit more, um, space. I think the biggest issue for this defense is the defensive line. Um, a f- true freshman, Do- Dominic Williams is going to start really big guy, really dynamic athlete, but true freshman over 320 pounds, like may not be able to give them a lot of reps. And behind mm-hmm. that, there's not good depth, um, and then the the linebacker situation is like a navy transfer and, and and it's a little thin up front and so TCU's defense last year was um 125th in EPA per rush they 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 allowed 200 yards rushing to anyone with a pulse Cal you know almost put up 200 yards rushing against them last season yeah. uh and a lot of that was because the defensive line didn't really know their assignments and the run fits were really, really screwed up on the, on the back end. And a lot of that had to do with install and, and personnel. So with Gillespie, the hope is these guys have a longer leash because there are more principles in the defense, less specific assignments, less knowing, Hey, this specific call and more knowing when this happens, this is what I do. And so that's kind of the hope is that it gels a little bit better, gives these guys who are super athletic, a little bit longer leash. Um, this defense might stink. It might be bad, but it, Probably won't be the catastrophic disaster that it was last season, especially in the run
0: game. Let's go to more of the EPA type stuff. You uh, already kind of mentioned it there. We'll start with the bad um, with TCO's defense against CU's offense. From what I've gathered, just from being on the beat the past couple of weeks, it seems like everyone at CU is expecting a much improved offense in nearly all facets. So I think we can expect some positive regression in some of these EPA stats on offense. How about on the defensive side of the ball for TCU? Will you are you expecting any of that positive regression back to at least respectable areas? Yeah, I, I absolutely. I think that um that This this
1: defense. I I hate to use this word about college athletes, but given the circumstances last season, this this defense quit, Um, and I, I think there's a renewed vigor with TCU, and I really don't think. I mean, that was that was TCU's worst defensive year. Since they were, you know, going zero and twelve in the in the Southwest Conference, and so I do expect some positive regression. I expect, uh, you know, if if you're really bad at rushing, then people are going to rush a lot against you, and that means that there's actually less pressure on your pass defense. Um, Washington in 2021 is a great example of that. Their their pass defense looked really good by the numbers, but it was because their rush defense was so bad that no one needed to challenge their past events at all. It was only in really advantage advantageous situations. So there'll be some changes there as, as TCU's past events gets tested a little bit more, um, but I do, I do think there's absolutely positive regression. I think Gillespie's a really sharp mind who came in and immediately flipped around a Tulsa defense. That was in shambles before he got there. They were, they were plummeting in quality before he took over and, and he's really uh, flipped them around. And um, yeah, so I I absolutely think that they, they will have some positive regression again, not a great unit, but by, I mean, you know, a top, a top 60 unit, a power five unit, as opposed to 125th, uh,
0: like they sure. were last season. Let's flip sides in when TCU is on offense and CU is on defense. CU so obviously lost a lot at the secondary. Um, Christian Gonzalez, Mikai Blackman, and then, of course, Mark Perry, who now plays for TCU. But they're still expecting the front seven of this team to kind of be the strength. So it's going to be interesting to see how good this defense actually is. On TCU side, though, I mean, there's a lot of blue here. These are some great-looking numbers. Can we expect you know that level of play to be sustained by this offense, do you think?
1: Um, I, I see no reason why it shouldn't. As we talked about, their skill talent is so deep. And the offensive line, um, uh, without, you know, without naming names, had had some coaching issues last year and, and, and the last couple of years specifically. Known they get transfer um Alana Lee from uh, SMU who comes in at center and lets kind of the, the really talented lineman Steve Avila move over to left guard, which frees up your left tackle, which is kind of TC's worst position, which is a bad position to have your worst position at, right. <laughs> but gives a little bit of pressure by having that experience in Avila there. TC's also had some terrible luck with injury on offensive line. One of the problems last season, uh, you know, if you're kind of the outside observer watching Colorado and TCU this this Friday to see if anything's different for TCU. Last season, TCU could not protect at all. They were keeping six and seven, even eight guys in the box to try and pass protect because they could not win five on four. They couldn't win five on three, sometimes just an absolute disaster. So um, I, I think that, I think that Colorado's front seven might not be winning in the stat line. But if Colorado's front seven is fearsome enough that TCU has to keep that sixth or seventh guy in the box, that severely limits the route tree that severely frees up the secondary to kind of double in on Quentin Johnston and kind of suffocate. So that I think is the linchpin. If TCU's offense can take a meaningful step forward and their finishing ability can improve, this should be one of the better
0: offenses in the power five this year. All right, let's get into the fun numbers here. This line has actually been updated from your graphic. Uh, DraftKings now has TCU favored by 13 and a half. Um, your projected points suggest that the over might hit on this. What is your analysis in terms of that?
1: Yeah. So I'm, I'm terrible at totals, but uh, you know, just, just this, this, these numbers aren't, aren't betting numbers really. They are, you know, a team with this statistical profile versus a team with this statistical profile historically behaves this way. Right. And that just gives us a reasonable baseline expectation. So I have this by TCU about a touchdown. Um, Some of that is some conservatism, Uh, about TCU with a coaching change and how bad TCU's defense was last year. And uh, some of that, it it does expect a little bit of a positive regression from Colorado um, in, in 2020, um, 2021, sorry. (laughs) Uh, In 2022. And so I, I, yeah, I think that two, like I, so there, there's two minds here. One as a better, right. I'm not going to bet TCU to cover. Uh, 13 right. and a half not at all I probably wouldn't bet them to cover 11 a, a, at all Um, that that really makes me nervous because TCU historically has played win by one ball they've been kind of close and um, th- there are some serious questions about the defense here but on the on the flip side if everything's going right for TCU this this should be um, a pretty pretty feel good handy win. all three quarterbacks should get meaningful reps. I don't mean that to disrespect Colorado, just in terms of trajectory. TCU was at the top of their development cycle, even with the coaching change in terms of talent on the field and Colorado, as you know, has struggled with, with talent recently. And so um, there's, there's some kind of frictional instructional change there. So I I really do think TCU will win. I I don't know. 30, 34 to 27 feels like it's close to a shootout for for a TCU Colorado game. Um, I I think that TCU hits 30. I I imagine that Colorado probably hits hits 20 but very, very low 20. So I like TCU in that kind of eight eight to nine and a half range. Um, a little bit better than touchdown, technically two scores. Um, but I mean again with this with the passing ceiling here, if Colorado stumbles, TCU could absolutely take this away. I think Colorado wants this to be a rock fight
0: absolutely hmm. That's something they've talked about at length this offseason. Something smash mouth football has been the tone. Um, and that's what they're really buying into with coach Devan from Michigan was an offensive analyst last year. Parker, you were fantastic, man. Appreciate you so much. Uh, real quick, where can the people find you on Twitter for some of this sweet college football information?
1: Yeah, stats of war. And actually, I'm I'm sure by the time people hear this, my advanced stats preview for week two or week one will be up and updated. So look out for those as well. I've got, you know, all these crazy numbers. That's what you're talking about, the red and the blue, this graphic you and I are looking Mm -hmm. at, and I'll I'll tweet that out in the morning. So that's the place to find me um, and go to YouTube, type in BetUS College Football Show. It'll pop up. Subscribe. That helps me out. And, you know, me and Gary and Kyle are on there. I'm I'm okay, but Gary and Kyle are super sharp betting guys. Just, I mean, amazing records, great insight. So follow us and, and catch that uh, on your
0: lunch break this week too. All righty. Thank you so much, Parker. Enjoy the game on Friday. Thanks. You too. Before we wrap up today's show, shout out to Breckenridge Brewery. Breckenridge Brewery has a birthday coming up, 32 years young. To celebrate, Breck Brews is throwing a weekend-long annie. Kick off the fall with live music, food, beer, of course and games october 8th and 9th at their littleton location they've got national acts like spin doctors and local favorites railroad earth rocking out so stay tuned to everything dmvr for hootenanny giveaways leading up to october 8th check out the link in the description or breckbrew.com for more details on tickets and artists lineup Uh, thank you so much for parker fleming coming on the show he was awesome i hope you guys got something out of that i know we didn't really get into too much in terms of scheme-wise, but there's a lot of information there in terms of the TCU roster, in terms of EPA, and some betting towards the end there. Um, thank you so much, Parker, for coming on. He's been a guy I've been following on Twitter for quite a while and gives away great advice um, in terms of EPA. Those graphics that we mentioned, I'll retweet that as soon as it's up tomorrow morning uh, so you guys can check that out and kind of see exactly what we were talking about, uh, but check those out. Check out Parker's feed. Uh, he's a great football analyst and looking forward to seeing him actually at the game on friday Uh, but that's going to do it today guys a lot of fun on this show as always keep it tuned to the feed on wednesday we are going to go into a more deeper breakdown uh it'll probably just be uh me we'll see if rk and hank are available hopefully that's the case but you'll find out soon enough keep my keep your eyes on the twitter Uh, for dmbr underscore buffs, also for my personal Twitter at jakedmbr. And thank you guys so much for tuning in. We will talk later on Wednesday. Ah,
1: mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne.